Hey folks, just wanted to give you a heads up that the show that we're discussing today does have scenes with child abuse in it. Wanted to give you that heads up as a warning in case it is a subject that upsets you. Please enjoy our latest episode of Tone Deaf. Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. Alright, so this is being released on the anniversary of my, uh, my incarnation in a physical human body on this, the planet of Earth. When the great spirit said, no, you can't be a bird anymore. You have to be something else. Yep. And, and you went, I don't wanna. And it went, too bad. You get to be a hairless monkey. And I got dragged into this horrible, mostly broken body kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... And we're very glad that you're here. Aw, thanks. So because it's my 31st trip around the sun... Um, I wanted to do a show that I really like that's also extremely bizarre and will probably get some amazing reactions from you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do Tommy. Tommy Gun? No. Tommy is in The Who's Tommy, which we've already done our Who's on First jokes. Yeah. <laughs> we got I... those out. <laughs> yeah. I was, was going to do more than I was like, no, nah, don't. <laughs> So, this is a rock opera by my favorite band, The Who. Um, it, the one that we're watching is the 1975 film. We've listened to some of the rock opera together before, and they did do some of it when we went to see The Who in Vegas last year. And then this year, when we're going to see him in September, they're going to be doing some more of Tommy, as well as their other rock opera Quadrophenia, so. If Kay were to try and quiz me on which songs that we've listened to are from Tommy, I would fail horribly, so. <laughs> well, now you'll know which songs are from Tommy. Yeah, now I will. Now it'll be made made clear to me. Yes. Um, so the original rock opera was released on May 17th, 1969. So it, it turned 50 this year, right? Yes, 50. Yes, that's the math. <laughs> <laughs> I was a math teacher. Um, so it turned 50 this year, and I don't want to go into too much detail on the rock opera because we will be revisiting this show because there is a stage version that was uh, premiered in 1992. So we will cover that one as well because there are some differences between the album, the movie, and the stage play. But I'll give you a little bit of background. Most of this rock opera was composed by Pete Townsend, with some of the songs being composed by John Entwistle, who was the bassist for the band. This is their first full rock opera. 
They had had too many operas before that. They had a quick one while he's away from the album with the same name. While who was away? While he's away. It's, I'll, I'll play it for you later. It's a fun, it's a fun song slash mini <laughs> opera. And then they also had Rayal, which was from the Who's Sells Out album, which isn't my favorite album, but it's also not my least favorite album, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> Just hovering in that middle ground. It is. It's kind of hovering in the middle ground because there are some songs that I like from it, like Sunrise and Heinz Baked Beans and... Uh... <laughs> Why would you name a song Heinz Baked Beans? Because it was the Who Sells Out. It was them doing all these jingles oh. interspersed with their regular songs. Oh. <laughs> well, amazing. okay then. There's a really disturbing picture of Roger Daltrey, too, that unfortunately has some... Uh, it has some relevance to this show, which is frightening. I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'll be afraid. Um, <laughs> so the working title of Tommy was Deaf, Dumb, and Blind Boy, which will point you towards the plot that our main character is deaf, dumb, and blind. So it's a modern take on Helen Keller. Well, kind of, except not really because where Helen Keller had an illness... Something else happens to Tommy that makes him go deaf, dumb, and blind, and we'll find out. Um, if if folks want, um, I could also go into the detail of the history of this album and the band and what led up to this, because there's a lot of stuff that leads up to who sell or not to who sells out, to Tommy, like uh, the... Uh, just change in what Pete Townsend was trying to do with composing. But I could do that in another episode or in a bonus episode if people want it. But for now, we'll just talk about what we're going to be seeing. Well, what if I want it, Kay? Do you ever stop and think about what I want? Well, I mean, I can do it off mic for you. <laughs> that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> so I just don't want to ramble too much because I could go on a tangent about The Who for hours well we should keep this podcast concise and straight to the point yes because we, we never are, do tangents we are known for our lack of tangents yeah. in this show and we don't want to disappoint our viewer viewers our listeners <laughs> our ear viewers <laughs> with some some non-source related tangentness I think that actually a tangent on the Who would be the most related we've ever been on a tangent, but that's beside the point. Touche. <laughs> Score one point for K. So the version that we're going to watch is the 1975 film directed by Ken Russell. Uh, the lead role is going to be played by Roger Daltrey, who was the lead singer for the Who. Was? Well, is. He still is the lead singer, though there was a point when he got kicked out of the Stop. <laughs> No? <laughs> okay. Anyway, Roger Daltrey <laughs> is playing the lead role of Tommy. Uh, we also have some cameos from uh, Oliver Reed. We've got Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's in it? Yes, and he sings in it. <sighs> okay. He is the least creepy character in the movie. I... I... I slight tangent sidebar. I love Jack Nicholson, but he is really good at being creepy. Mm -hmm. And if you say he's the least creepy person in this, I have concerns. The most creepy is Keith Moon. 
Oh, the infamous Keith Moon. He plays the wicked Uncle Ernie. <laughs> Don't we all have a wicked Uncle Ernie? Oh, I hope not. Uncle Ernie's naked baked bean basement. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think Kay just gave something away in her and facial expression. And Margaret is also in this, as is Elton John and Eric Clapton and Tina Turner and the rest of the Who. Simon Townsend also has a role. He's Pete's little brother. Um, yeah. Uh, so, other than that, other than, uh, hmm. <laughs> you broke my brain, Warren. <laughs> you broke my brain. <laughs> I didn't so. break your brain. Your, your, I didn't break your brain. Uncle, nasty Uncle Ernie's naked baked bean basement broke your brain. I will say that the baked beans thankfully do not feature in that scene, but there is a scene with baked beans that is one of those ones where you're like, how many drugs, Ken? How many drugs? <laughs> the answer, all of them. <laughs> if you, if we do Litstamania, then <laughs> that's another one that Roger's in. Is it a movie? Mm-hmm. It's a movie musical. And it's it's a hard R. Oh. Alrighty then. Roger, I think, had one of the sculptures from that movie in his... Like, he, he's posed with it in some pictures that I've been like, what? No. Um, anyway, tangent aside. Um, so, Tommy is going to be a little different from other rock operas that we'll eventually see. Uh, the main one that I'm thinking of is The Wall, which was Pink Floyd's. Um, in this case, in the case of Tommy, we don't have the band performing the songs. It is performed like a true movie musical. So the songs are not dubbed over. The You're having Anne-Margaret singing the character of Tommy's mom. You have Keith Moon singing... Uh, you also have Oliver Reed kind of singing and stuff. And other than that, you know, you don't really have the band perform other than a cameo in uh, one of the scenes. And then Pete Townsend sings Amazing Journey and the prologue and a couple of other things. But those are just sort of like songs that would be the describing what's going on or whatever in the opera. Uh, there are some songs that are taken out or moved around in order because they had to change things for the movie. Uh, there's one song called Underture that's kind of the entracht for, uh, the, so it's in between the acts. Okay. Um, that, that would be in between act one and act two of the rock opera, the stage play. That one got merged into another song called Sparks which also was in the show um, and in the album. Both are in the album. The musical also, or the movie musical, takes place at a different time period than the album does. The album and I believe the stage play both take place after World War One. This is going to take place after World War Two. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, and they... 
they also changed some other stuff, like some character deaths get changed around in this. Just just stage versus film? Stage and album versus film. I, I, you know, it's been a while with the stage version. I'd have to see if the stage version stays truer to the album or not. But the film, with regards to who dies, is different. And I'll, I'll let you know that after we see the movie. Um, and then, like I said, different things are moved around in the album order. Um, and it's, it's just, it's kind of interesting to see because the Who was involved with this. So it's not like someone else reimagined it or whatever. And Pete Townsend has been involved in every version of Tommy that's come out, so the stage version as well as the film version he's been involved in. Uh, if we can find it, we might do some more of their stuff, like Wire and Glass, if I can find the videos for it, or uh, Quadrophenia, but not the movie of Quadrophenia, because that's not a musical, so it wouldn't qualify. This one does, so that's why we're doing this one and not Quadrophenia. But... You know, in all the years that I've known you, I had no idea that the who had so many films they've well so tommy is the only one that's got all of the music in it quadrophenia is based on their album but only has a couple of the songs from quadrophenia when quadrophenia is a two-disc rock opera and is my favorite album and then wire and glass is a mini opera that they had in their latest album endless wire and that one, the it's the only video that you could really see of it would be the videos that played while they performed it live, and they actually like had an animatic of their rock opera, basically. And so we may cover that one at some point, even if it's just listening to it, because the way Pete's rock operas go, they are pretty much sung through. If, yeah, it would make sense in an audio medium. Yeah. Like, it, it's not a case of, like, oh, you can interpret what the story is like some folks do. This is definitely a, here is the plot structure and you can follow it through the musical. That's useful through, for people through like the me. Opera. Yeah. And so, um, that being said, let's uh, probably pour you a stiff drink. Maybe we'll get you some champagne. You'll get that soon. I don't want to get that soon. <laughs> you don't smile like that unless there's something terrible coming. <laughs> it's okay. It'll it'll just be a little weird. Uh, and baked beans and champagne and <laughs> and touchy uncle. Yeah, that scene is not a smile scene, but the champagne and baked beans scene is just one of those like, what? <laughs> what so yeah so this is this is my birthday present to you you yes. subjecting me to this yes so so all of the trauma that i'm gonna be building up is your birthday present yes okay because i couldn't think of anything else <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's okay it's not gonna be that bad it's just gonna be kind of fun to hear your reactions to this oh god oh god why because <laughs> it is weird like it's it is a very 70s 
show. Because I, I say the baked beans scene, but, like, that's just one snippet. There's some weird, weird imagery with this show. But somehow this was, like, the most commercial success of the director. <laughs> Probably because the Who. <laughs> mm. But, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting one. And... I'm kind of excited because <laughs> this will this will prepare you for some other shows that we'll eventually tackle. <sighs> I must prepare my body and mind and spirit. And I mean, you you saw hair, and that was weird. This is less weird than hair. Oh, really? Well, okay, so it's less weird than hair in that there's a plot, but then again, <laughs> the imagery is really freaking weird because film. So. Alrighty. Well, I guess we're just going to have no option but to dive into it and I yep. will sink or swim. Dive in head first and. To the shallow end. Not into the shallow end. We don't want to do that. We'll, we'll, uh. We'll smash that mirror and go right in. I don't get that reference. You will soon. <laughs> Before we get to Warren's review of this show, we want to take a quick moment and just thank our Playbill and stage crew sponsors. Our Playbill sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our crew, our stage crew sponsor, Bia Nucci. Thank you both so much for your continued patronage and support of our humble little podcast. We really, truly appreciate everything you've done for us, you guys. Thank you so much. Now, let's listen to a brief ad from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. Welcome to the promo episode for Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast, the podcast in which I review the reviews of my podcast. This is a promo, but it's also a full-length episode to show you kind of what the show's about and like. So if this is in your regular feed that you're hearing this, this is actually also going out to a bunch of other podcasts who are swapping promos in 60-second spots with me, so I put their promo on my podcast later. So this is a a promo-slash-episode to tell you what the show's about. If you already know, then thank you for listening and being a listener, but if you don't, uh, my show called Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast is about reviewing people's reviews of my show, Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast. I go to iTunes, and every time I I look at the reviews, I read and rate your reviews of my show um, about the podcast uh, I'm almost out of 60 seconds are up, so uh, check out my show in iTunes, rate and review it, Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast, and we'll see you next week. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show.
Alright, babe, so what'd you think? Do you have a fun little song? Like maybe, Tommy, what the hell? Why are you so weird? Or maybe, uh, it's a crazy movie, has to be a twist. A crazy movie, what the hell's wrong with this? I don't know, something like that. So, like Tommy, I have transcended by watching this film. I have <laughs> entered into a, a new horizon of wokeness, and I'm sitting here looking at my, my notes I typed, and I realize they're just far too childish and petty. They are beneath me now, and I feel bad for all of our listeners because... In my new enlightened state, I don't, I don't feel that I can, I can truly go put on with this anymore. You people deserve better than my dick jokes and fourteen-year-old humor. And I am ashamed to present this to you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So you people appreciate that. I've never made K clap before. So I felt really good about that. Um, oh God. I have a new I have a new way to describe something that's weird. <laughs> this show was sack shrivelingly weird. <laughs> While watching this show I think I had reverse puberty. I became a little boy again. For, uh, for a couple moments, which I'm sure some people listening are like, we can hear your voice, dude. You can't be as old as you're pretending to be. Nah, really, just I am. But it's the curse of the high voice, I'm sorry. So, I, I, I didn't have a song for the intro of this like I sometimes like to do if it comes to me. Uh, because I this show is... I couldn't pick any like no there's too there's too much going on you know how you know how they say that a picture is worth a thousand words well this show has to be at least 30 frames per second which to do it justice would be 3,000 words per second I would be reading you people a novel that is longer than it would take to just go watch the film it would be multiple installments because you couldn't bind it together in something that wouldn't just break the back of the book. I, you, if you have not watched this, you should go watch it. You should absolutely go watch it. And you should try and make your closest friends and family watch it too. Because this is like, this is like the bird box. Like you want to make, you want to make others look at this. You want to make them... You want to make them come into a transcendent experience, as you will. Jesus Christ. They have to see it in all of its filth and depravity and tenderness and hopefulness and inspiration and pain and agony. And creepy uncleness. Yeah. Yeah. So... That might be the longest intro we've ever had. That may have been my... the best intro we've ever had. <laughs> Jesus. So, with that being said, we're now going to get into my attempt at a review for this. 
the sun rises behind <laughs> the sun rises behind who we're assumed to think is Tommy. And then he and his lady friend have a nice cup of tea on a craggy rock before skinny dipping in a sack shriveling pond. I <laughs> <laughs> say I like that a lot. I wrote it early. That's how weird this was, though, right? Anyway. <laughs> then making out under a tree. Uh, transition to slow dancing and smooching. Then the phone rings and inaudible words are exchanged. That's what it says. <laughs> says subtitles inaudible so we're not supposed to know what's said oh my god <laughs> but the call was bad news as a flaming car broke the wall of the house and killed a little boy oh it's world war ii and they're getting bombed okay that makes more sense i remember you Jesus talking about Christ. that they just have him get a phone call and then the next thing we see is a rubble building with a flaming car and a dead child so i'm assuming someone was calling from the future scene to tell him dude this next scene's gonna have a dead child like just prepare for that <laughs> It's harsh. And it's good he got that call because dead child's not something you want to have dropped on you, man. Oh my god. Uh, so this is going to sound like I'm just babbling about nothing, but no, this <laughs> this is the show. This is what I mean. You need to go watch the show. This review is not going to do the show any amount of justice, no matter how many times I had Kay pause it so I could try and catch up on my notes. <laughs> It's true. It's absolutely true. <clears throat> I think this might have been the most notes that I've like witnessed you take. Oh, and I'm going to get lost the most among them, probably. Out of any show that has come before, never has a show baffled Warren as much as this. <laughs> oh my god, I, I think I have like five or six pages of notes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god, we're not, we're not even done with the first paragraph of page one okay okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i may have to have k shorten this down a little bit with all of my battling maybe mostly maybe. unedited <laughs> but then after the dead child the happy couple boards a train on platform nine and three quarters to escape the oh it's just the man just the man getting on the train because he's going to war and I'm sure leaving behind a pregnant wife, because I'm sure such things are common element stories, <laughs> is not going to be revealed later. <clears throat> it turns out that the husband is a fighter pilot or a bomber, some type of pilot. He flies in planes. And he dies almost immediately after takeoff. And his... <laughs> That's not it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, he's only on screen for a little while. <laughs> I think I think he gets shot down. <laughs> okay, yeah. They transition to him, of course, in combat, but he gets shot down. But, like, for her, he takes yeah. off and she goes and hides in her bed with a cage mm -hmm. and looks at his picture on the shelf mm -hmm. and then it falls off and breaks to symbolize that he's a dead man. And mm -hmm. then we watch him die. And it goes on for a little bit longer before she finds out that he's dead, but that's when he died. Mm. So he... He just dies immediately after takeoff. Beefs it. He beefs it hard and fast, which... He shouldn't have been wearing red. Oh, God. Yeah, he's, he's a red shirt. Um, the husband fighter pilot dies. Uh, the wife receives the dire news of her husband's unfortunate passing. While at work, making what looks like tank rounds or artillery shells, she collapses from the shock and wakes up in a hospital bed, giving birth to her son. A son. A son. A son. Yes, a son. We get it. She gave birth to a son on this, the day of victory. So in that scene, they're saying, it's a son. It's a son. Like, I don't got the tune down. Kay can do it. But back me up. They're just saying, it's a son. Yeah, it's they, a son. It's are. a son. It's... Do you understand, lady? You're having a son. 
a boy like his father. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I get it. We're having a, he's, she's having a son on this, the day of victory. Uh, Cause they have, you know, victory. They beat the Nazis and world war two is over and everybody's super exciting. And it's good news for this baby born on uh, right. such a great day. Yeah. Uh, un- unnamed wife cradles her newborn son while staring into the camera and picturing her husband dying. They cut to a winged penis memorial commemorating the fallen. Uh, it might be a bullet or an artillery shell. I don't think it is. Because as we know, war for the most part is just a big prick-waving dick fight. In the words of George Carlin. Um... The mood is lightened up by a trip to Yogaville, also known as Barry's Holiday Camp, where we meet Uncle Frank, who is getting a little hands-on with Tommy's mom. Uh, he gives off the creepy vibes of Gollum mixed with Uncle Frank. Not my Uncle Frank, but the generic Uncle Frank in the metaverse, the one who becomes your stepdad Frank. <laughs> the new happy family, le- and that's what happens. Creepy counselor, super nice guy Frank gets with Tommy's mommy and... Becomes his new daddy. <laughs> and now he has daddy Uncle Frank. <laughs> which sounds really weird when you say it like that. <laughs> the new happy family leaves Bernie's holiday camp and journey to their new home, which looks like a freaking mansion. That military life insurance money really pays out. <laughs> Frank hangs outside of Tommy's room looking all creepy with Tommy's mommy. And they're just, he just, the way they film that, he has his head up against the uh not the door is open and is against the wood frame and it's zoomed in extra on his face mm-hmm. and has uh tommy's mom and tommy in the background and he looks so creepy he looks yeah. he looks like someone who's plotting a murder and to, i feel like i've judged this guy a little bit because i've pegged him for a creeper right from the very beginning and i was right and, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't judge people. You should wait until they reveal their character and then judge them. Yeah. But I judged him right away and I turned out to be right. So I feel like I owe him a, an apology a little bit. But um, Tommy's dad comes home back from the war, a little worse for a little worn for the worse. Uh, he's got some scars on his face. Uh, he comes in on Tommy's room when Tommy's asleep and, and just is like, my boy, like, oh, I survived this and I get to see my son. And then he walks down the hall and... Uh, Walks in on Tommy's mommy and new daddy uh, consummating their new union. Uh, new daddy kills original daddy and absorbs his power, what? becoming ultra daddy. The Highlander style power absorption transforms Tommy into Helen Keller, which is good for ultra daddy and Tommy mommy because now the truth that their son, the, uh, the sin that their son saw will forever be reflected in his cold, empty eyes. Yeah. So... The sight of stepdad killing original dad drove Tommy to repress the memory, uh, which is good because I'm sure his mom and stepdad yelling in his face, you never saw anything, you didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have traumatized him. You say nothing yeah. ever again in your life. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> little fun trivia in the album, it is the dad killing the lover. Which I prefer better, because I yeah. feel extra bad for a guy who survived war and then came back to... Get bludgeoned in the head with a lamp. Yeah, find his wife uh, banging some other guy. Another the thing I wonder about is, how long was it after the war before she remarried? Was it like three months? I want to say that 
they imply that it's three years that it's it's not right away because she doesn't meet Frank until Tommy's like four or five. Yeah, maybe. but she, so she, oh, okay. So, yeah. but in in the uh, in the album, Tommy I think is three because it ends with World War One ending in nineteen eighteen, and then the song that in this is nineteen fifty one where she's talking about how uh, she is thinking this is going to be a good year and uh, this year with this new lover sort of thing. Um, in the actual album, it's 1921. So it tells you the passage of time there. So it's at least three years, if okay. not longer. My bad. I just felt, I guess it's just the pacing of the movie. I felt like that uh, Tommy's yeah, no, mommy it's... moved on pretty darn quickly with, with or I guess... So was it three years from when she met Frank to when she married him? No, three years from when her husband died. Okay, that to... that part I get, but it yeah. seems like they she meets Frank and immediately like you're my my new baby, oh, my new yeah, baby's daddy. Yeah, but like she had she had three or more years before she decided, okay, I can I can move on. I need a husband for I I need a dad for Tommy. But my little um... boy needs a man in his life, even if that man is creepy and. Just wants to have sex with his mommy. <laughs> I mean, you never saw him really try to be a father to the kid until uh, uh, he went deaf, dumb, and blind. They're like, I know, we can snap him out of it with fun things. Mm -hmm. Because they attempt to bring Tommy out of his Helen Kellerism, uh, but nothing works. Not amusement park rides, not video games, not the subtle reinforcement that Tommy is slowly driving his new family apart. Way to go, Tommy. Poor little dude. <laughs> It's his fault that it's breaking up this new marriage because of his Helen Kellerism. It's just bringing so much... Because, you know, <laughs> murder. No, the murder in front of no, child. Victim blaming, Kay. Victim blaming. Come on. Let's have this. Get on, get on. Don't worry, she'll stab me later. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but it does turn out that Tommy's Helen Kellerism is providing him with an unforeseen power. Tommy has LSD vision. <laughs> Since Tommy, since Tommy Keller can transcend normal space and time and fly in a plane with his dead dad, Tommy, since he's oblivious to the world around him, just goes inside of his mind and is mm -hmm, doing wild and crazy adventures and everything while everybody's screaming and yelling at him and, and telling him how he's going to go to hell. Uh, <laughs> Tommy has seizure strength LSD powers. Like His mind's eye is high. Just the imagery on screen. I didn't. I'm not going to explain it to you because it's just weird. There's go, a lot of stuff with spheres, which is important later. Go, spheres go, and mirrors. Go watch the show after this. Yeah. Or, or, or better yet, pause this. Go watch the show. Come back and listen to it, and then that way you'll know what I'm talking about. Or maybe, maybe you will, or you'll be like, "No, my LSD trip was different." I don't know what you're, what you're saying, Warren. But now it's Christmas. It's Christmas, and Ultra Dad is getting drunk, and Tommy's mommy is uh, praying for for a cosmic mulligan. She just she's over at that tree, looking up at the angel on top of it, just being like, "Please, I need a Christmas miracle. Mm. If my new husband could not kill my previous husband in front of my son and drive him into Helen Kellerism, I would really appreciate it. I'll start going to church every Sunday and everything." Um, but. 
you know, rather than do that, uh, everyone at the party proceeds to condemn Tommy to hell for swapping souls with Helen Keller. It's not like he chose it. Like, wow, like really condemn him. Like the song, the song goes on for a long while of them saying he will never know Jesus. He'll never know God. He is doomed to go to hell. Mm -hmm. I, I'm how can he be, be I, saved? You know, I, I feel like um, if there's any cosmic justice at all, any kind of God, he would give someone like that a pass. Just mm -hmm. no questions. Be like, you've are going. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> And you can see Ultra Dad getting plastered and thinking of of the of a way he could kill off Tommy. Like you see it in his eyes, in mm -hmm. the background, drunk. Like if I could just find a way to get rid of this kid, life would be so much better. And he's actually kind of right because Tommy punches baby Jesus on the manger. You know just proving that they're right to condemn him and that he's going to go to hell. Did you notice what he punched baby Jesus with? Was it Mary? Yes. Okay, he picks up Mary and then smashes baby Jesus with Mary. Yep. Yeah. Symbolism there, probably. He's angry at his mom. Mm-hmm. I think. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, you kind of understand. I think really the stepdad's more to blame. Stepdad for... is more to blame, but, you know. And now, suddenly... As a Christmas miracle, we are jumped forward 20 years, maybe? If that, because Tommy's that... supposed to still be pretty young. Like, he's he's a teen, I want to say. Okay, let's 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 say he 15 years. Yeah. Jumps forward 15 years, and now Tommy is an adult at church with guitar rock Jesus, who says that he can be healed, but no one's getting healed. Oh, Mar Marilyn Monroe is here. M.M. Uh, <laughs> M. Marilyn Monroe is uh, Jesus... Jesus is worshiping at the shrine of Marilyn Monroe with her happy pills and magic potion. So, so has Marilyn consumed more souls than Jesus? And now Jesus worships Marilyn, hoping that he can rise to her star power and, and the indoctrination ceremony rather than, than a bread and wine is a happy pill and a good old swig of hard liquor. I'm sorry, um, my brain was just catching up <laughs> to everything I just said, and I had to run back through and double-check it a couple times because the words I said didn't, didn't <laughs> combine in any way that my brain really understands. I'm still in disbelief about what I saw. Uh, Kay then told me that I should write down... What was it you said specifically? Like things you... Uh, what themes? the theme, kind of, that's running through the... Uh... The whole show. Uh, religion, definitely. Mm -hmm. Drugs, sex, music, spirituality in general. Yeah, it, it is kind of a spirituality journey movie. So you've got your first messiah, quote-unquote. Well, so actually before that, so you have... Your first messiah would be the whole... Uh, how can he be saved from... Because he doesn't know who Jesus is. Then you have another messiah come forward that's Marilyn Monroe cult. <laughs> and these are all like basically, because 
you'll have the Marilyn Monroe cult being a definite false messiah. Definite, because when Tommy touches it, he knocks over the false idol and breaks it. Yeah. And, and you you have... There are more of these themes in the movie than there are at this point in the rock opera. <laughs> the, the, the movie is just imagery blasting you left and right. Like, yeah. there's so much going on, and it's, it's quite fast-paced. Uh, in a lot of ways, like I would say, if you're going for total uh, WTF mint reverse length, if you compute that, this movie is like jam packed full of WTF ness. Like it's yeah. it's it's redlining the WTF ness. Yeah, and it's you get a lot for this movie for what you watch. Mm. Uh, my brain is still processing it. Holy crap! But I am surprised that the Marilyn Monroe religion never took off. I feel like this would have been huge in the States. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Mommy tries to get Tommy healed by the body of Marilyn Monroe, but he kills her instead, further condemning his soul to hell. Because when he goes up to seek the be healed, he pushes her over and says, Bitch, I don't need you. I'm Tommy. And the <laughs> idol falls over and breaks. But he says that in his, in his, in his boy head because mm -hmm. he can't talk yet. Spoilers. Um... But yeah, the this was done during a period of time when Pete Townsend was going through sort of a spiritual reawakening and ended up following the uh, teachings of Marababa, who was a uh, a spiritual advisor and considered an avatar of God. He was from Pune, India, which we know about. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. That so I'm I'm glad Kay is here to um give interesting facts about the show and things behind it because I keep getting lost trying to find where I was in this I don't even have a word for this, this magnum opus of of a review of notes that I've typed up here. <laughs> so after Tommy gets condemned to hell at the Marilyn Monroe church, Ultra Daddy is up to something. Uh, we suddenly see outside of what looks like a porn shop. And I don't know if Ultra Daddy owns it or is the operator of it. He seems to... Because Tommy's hanging out in there. Mm. Tommy is sitting in there blind with a cup and a drink and just sitting. And he's got his cup resting on a stack of porno mags. Mm. And he's completely oblivious. And it seems like uh, Ultra Daddy is pretty comfortable with that area. So I don't know if... It's his establishment or what? I I don't he's... know. This is different than in the okay. rock opera. So. Okay, sorry. He's he's even out there pressuring people to go in and buy pornography. Like he's bullying people, shoving them in the store to buy pornography. Mm -hmm. That's that's a that's an impressive. Never that's an impressive version of salesman. I mean, uh, <laughs> guy's an entrepreneur. But I oh. uh, while they're in there. Tommy's working at the porn shop where Ultra Dad acquires the services of Gypsy Acid Queen, <laughs> uh, who will cast a spell of, oh God, she has a big ass syringe of red something. And <laughs> the hula hoop angels of death escort Tommy into an Iron Maiden Acid Queen <laughs> Gypsy Transformer. I don't remember that Transformer. She's terrifying. Wait, is she a vampire? Because the Iron Maiden thing is now like sucking out his blood and spinning around like a top and and <laughs> and the iron maiden transformer opens up and tommy is happy 
He is smiling. It's the first time we've seen adult Tommy happy and smiling. And then it closes back up on him. Uh, to give us some more liquid joy. The Jesus metaphor and dying mother and how he's <laughs> dead for some time by the look of it. Like, the Gypsy Queen transformed Tommy into a necromancer who specializes in poison. The thing opens up and he's a skeleton. Mm -hmm. I totally butchered my note. I'm sorry. You're fine. Yeah, the, this is the thing. I'm like trying to type. So the this freaking thing. So okay. Yeah. So he's in the uh, in the gypsy acid queen escorts him into <laughs> the iron maiden of drug induced tripping. I don't know what she's trying she, to do to him. She gives him LSD. She gives him LSD. The acid queen. That's kind of what I figured with the acid queen. <laughs> And the, this imagery of this Iron Maiden full of syringe needles that closes in on Tommy, and then it opens back up, and he's got some very heavy Jesus uh, metaphor. He's got a crown of flowers, but he's bleeding underneath from where the syringes have poked into him, and he's got flowers and blood all over his body, but he is happy. He Those is... are the red poppies that were there on the memorials for all the dead soldiers oh okay mm -hmm. see ck knows stuff i i'm just <laughs> horrified I'm just, I'm just splashing around in the mud of disbelief and, <laughs> and lsd apparently um but then the iron maiden closes back on tommy and then it opens up and he's older and then it closes up on him and it opens up and now he's dead and he's a skeleton with snakes crawling all inside of him and it's just it's just weird and then it opens back up and he falls out and he passes out and he's just on the floor and ultra daddy rescues him can he rescue him if he put him there does it count as that he retrieves him he retrieves him. he retrieves him from gypsy the acid queen and she says that she could cure him with just one more night so i get of lsd uh, yeah of lsd i get this feeling she's like huh he didn't pop out of his stupor well, i guess i could just keep poking him with lsd needles <laughs> Until he wakes out of his stupor. Yeah, in uh, in the in the rock opera, he's uh, like the drug addicted wife of the first quack that they take Tommy to. We're not there yet. Oh no, the, the first quack. The first quack. So in the rock opera, instead of the whole Marilyn Monroe church, you have the hawker who's a total quack and who's like, I can cure him. Oh, like with, with my patented elixir, just to him drink loose. Yeah, and then his wife shoots him up with LSD. <laughs> ah, okay. So that is different. Because there is a quack later. Well, I guess I shouldn't say he's a quack. By no, all, he's, he's, he's pretty. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. This show is so bizarre, it's driving us insane. Uh, <laughs> we then just have the next day after Tommy's acid adventure, uh, he's at his house. Uh, Tommy's mommy feeds him a food pellet. And then sings about leaving him with his cousin Kevin, the piano player, who looks like a nice boy initially, and uh, he doesn't look creepy or sound creepy at all. He's super excited to be alone with his cousin, just the two of them, no adults around. I thought that this was going to get into uh, molestation territory, uh, but good news, it's just torture. He just... Cousin Kevin turns out to be the, the class bully, the class cheat, and proceeds to literally torture mm -hmm. Tommy. He waterboards him, he burns him, he uh, sprays him with a fire hose, he beats him. He... He's a horrible rat bastard. Uh, 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 
that's all there is to say. It's just yeah. it's just a whole song of him abusing Tommy. That, that scene is pretty rough it's, to watch. It's hard to watch. Um, I argue not the hardest scene I to watch. Argue not as hard as the next scene because mommy and daddy want to go out on the town, but they gotta leave Tommy with some babysitter. So uh, abusive co- uh, cousin Kevin wasn't available, but luckily Uncle Ernie was available. Uncle Ernie, an outstanding member of the community. Oh, wait, he's a horrible rat bastard, too. He's, the first guy was first Satan. This guy is second Satan. He is the, oh, actually, no, they're the same person. Because this, the show was so LSD infused and time Mm -hmm. travel is apparently a thing. Cousin Kevin is Uncle Ernie, like Uncle Ernie. The kind of bastard who would torture a mentally disabled person grows up to be the kind of person who will molest them later. They're the same person. They, yeah. He's he's just the same person. Oh. So there we go. Let let your mind uh your mind feast mm-hmm. on that that bit of wisdom gleaned from Uncle this Ernie is played by the drummer of the band. Yeah, Keith Moon, who is uh, Kay's favorite, because <laughs> she is the drummer as well. Yep. So, uh, well, she loves she loves everybody in the band. Yeah, but, but Kay, uh, Keith and Peter, my faves. Yeah, but Keith and Roger, Rogers and Jump. Mm. See, you like them all. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Kay loves everybody of, of the Who uh, and Zach. Zach is pretty cool. Zach is awesome. As as a as a green mm-hmm. recruit, I I like Zach. Uh, anyway, sorry. Back Tangent. to back to trying to get away huh. from that scene. God, looking at it's just this wall of text. I didn't even have time to like space stuff, so it makes it easier. <laughs> Bullet oh, points. No. Whilst okay, now after uh, oh god, I'm so glad we just glossed over it, but now I'm bringing us back to it. Uh, Uncle Ernie just molests mm-hmm. Tommy. Yeah, that scene just straight up rapes him. Mm-hmm. The screen's black, but you can hear everything. Yeah. Straights up rapes him. Yep. Yay. Yep. Yay, Kay. Yay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot. This movie's rated PG. Yeah, this... That's freaking wild to me that this is rated PG. Like, I know that PG-13 didn't exist yet, but still. <laughs> I just realized I ruined a setup for a really good joke I had later. It's okay. You could probably still use it. Yeah, we'll see. So the next day, Tommy is staring at a mirror. And this is where another one of his LSD powers activates. Because while he's staring into this mirror, he goes into the mirror universe. And while on his mirror universe, he encounters another version of himself. And this other version of himself leads him to a fantastic and wonderful land called the Junkyard. (laughs) The junkyard of the soul, where he finds the sun. Literally, Tommy walks over to the sun, which is resting on a car, and it turns into a pinball machine. Tommy is, like, really good at it. He's just wailing on that pinball machine, getting a really high score. It seems, he doesn't seem to, like, see it, Mm -hmm. but he just feels it, man. Like, he is the pinball machine. They are one. Mm -hmm. We are Tommy. We are one. (laughs) So... Speaking of the whole mirrorverse thing with Tommy, did you notice when ever he's looking into the mirror after uh, the Acid Queen and uh, Cousin Kevin and Uncle Ernie, there's another Tommy there holding the sun? Okay, so I wasn't sure if that was some... See, this is the thing with the show is I don't know if that's something that he is seeing or if it's just the drug trip thing. Like I, he's he's just looking in the mirror and he runs into it like he's he's seeing himself and going deeper into himself in that mirror. Okay, I guess 
I guess, is my interpretation. I on guess that. that makes sense. That seems logical for anything that is in this show. Um, Tommy just wails on that pinball machine all night mm-hmm. until he's stumbled upon by the junkyard guards. And Officer K-9 Friendly is like, holy crap, this kid's got a really good score on this pinball machine. And he runs off to get his parents. <laughs> he brings his parents back to congratulate them on how good Tommy is at the pinball magic machine. And they decide this is a great opportunity to take advantage of Tommy. Yeah. Which is exactly what they do. Tommy is an, is a idiot savant with the pinball he has the elite skills to pay the bills. And yes, I type those both with Z's. Jesus Christ. Life is now good for his family. And they have enough money to buy him a service Elton John. <laughs> and his job is to keep an eye on him at Tommy's performances. <laughs> That's not what he is. It turns out that service Elton John is not a very nice person and is in, in fact trying to crush Tommy at pinball. Uh, service Elton was bad was a bad service Elton and ended up being devoured by the crowd who carried him out to feed their young. It is the way of the pinball wizard. What the hell? Feed the fallen to the young. Let them feed upon his flesh. They will grow in strength. The future will be bold. What the hell? The show has made me insane. Uh, Tommy's mommy is wasted at home watching her son on television. She sees him beat service Elton John and feed him to the crowd and he is just riding this crowd with the pinball crown just this dazed happy look doesn't really know what's going on he just knows that Mm -hmm. people are moving him around and uh, she has a guilty drunk mom rage about how she hates her child and I don't know if she she doesn't ever say that she hates herself and I feel like a more logical thing would be hating yourself for causing this to your child she she might be one of those people who she knows that she messed him up, but she can't, uh, she can't come to terms with that, so she takes it outward instead I think, of inward. I think that's probably it, too, because she also sees her child as a constant reminder of what she did <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, breaking him. into all the commercials going on. She the keeps... baked beans commercial, oh, the chocolate God. commercial. Oh, God, we're gonna, we're gonna, okay. <laughs> Kay brought up something that I was hoping my brain... <laughs> will gloss over because I only have so much weird space on my internal RAM and I just, I cannot process all of the weird in this movie. I mean, it's really good, but holy shit, you guys, is it just weird? So while Tommy's mommy is wasted and watching her son has her guilty drunk rage, uh, she hurls a bottle of champagne at the TV and what the hell did you type? I don't know. Kay read my note and I'm reading it now and I'm not going to read what it says because it's not. <laughs> so there's a few times where I'm looking at the TV and trying to type without looking at my computer, which I'm not very good at. It's it's Otherwise, I would have had to have Kay pause way more times than she did just so I could try and catch up my thoughts. <sighs> Because that's how fast this goes, you guys. That's how fast this goes. I don't even know what that so, says. So, I know I, I deciphered it because I, I wrote it in my in my LSD state, so I'm able to decipher this. Because when she throws the bottle at the TV, Kay said out loud to me, I'm sorry, but it's about to get really weird. And what I wrote... 
wrote when uh, looking at the screen because she said, I'm sorry, this is about to get really weird. I wrote, she hurls a bottle at the TV and Gay starts out with, I'm sorry, this is about to get weird. So I was able to decipher what I'd wrote there. But... <laughs> I think this definitely counts for our most bizarre episode. I think, um... Those of you on the Twitter, this is the scene that Latte is referencing. <laughs> the, the TV with the champagne and... And the bait. Well, so I haven't got... the okay. next part. <laughs> so... This is the part that's, as Kay said, this is the part where it starts to get weird. The hole in the TV then has champagne and baked beans and chocolate burst out of it in this flowing, gushing stream that splashes and throws chocolate around and more champagne and beans and it finally merges into shambenlet. This... It looks like diarrhea. It looks like poopy sludge that just comes out of the TV. And Tommy's mom is rolling around in it. And this is the point when Kay says to me, Remember, this is rated PG. I want to take a moment for a disclaimer. Let me take a sip of my water real quick. I need one too. Because my throat is getting hoarse from all of the insanity. This is a public disclaimer. Anybody who gets to this point in the movie and thinks, yeah, PG. I think, yeah, PG is perfectly acceptable as a rating for this. Uh, anybody who thinks that is a person who should be on a watch list. No joke. If your internal compass does not flag this child maiming, molesting, abusing, exploiting family romp, if it doesn't immediately flag your R response. You should not be allowed to own a gun, be around a child, or vote. I feel like this is this is super easy. This should be a no-brainer. This should be a no-brainer. This is not a PG-13. PG movie. This is not even PG-13. So, well, I don't know. They do have they do have a boob scene at the at the porno shack, uh, but it's just a picture and no, subject material. I'm sorry, child rape. Child rape puts it into, uh... Yeah. Or not, sorry, not child rape, but, um... Well, handi- yeah. The, molest- <laughs> yeah too. the molesting of handicapped people. I mm-hmm. think that puts us into our category just for that subject material alone. I want you to guess what the, uh... The genre is that this falls into... There's a there's a genre according to Wikipedia cuz this when I when I was looking through just for fun little tidbits about like actors and stuff in this I stumbled across this and I just I still can't freaking believe it. <laughs> genre. What genre does a little boy who swaps souls with Helen Keller discovers he's really good at pinball, gets beaten, molested, exploited, uh, and then his mother rolls around in chocolate baked beans and champagne. <laughs> I'm scared to know the genre that this is it is it is it psychological horror? <laughs> it should um, be. <laughs> is it is it emotional bewilderment? Is that <laughs> is that a genre? Anything that just, just makes you go 
Is, is WTF a genre? They call it a 1975 British independent rock musical fantasy drama film. I feel like that meme, I guess, like, <laughs> yeah, it's fantasy, it has drama, it's a musical. Um, I mean, not what I would think with fantasy, but you know. Uh, the, the imagery alone makes it fan. Okay, okay. It's an LSD fantasy. There we go. We need, we need that. We need that little asterisk there. Warning, this is not a fantasy unless you've taken LSD. Yeah. And probably more than any human being should ever consume under any circumstance. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ultra Dad. I should start calling him Bad Dad. He's not He's not Ultra Dad. He may have defeated Original Dad and consumed his soul and gained mm. his power, but he's pretty crappy. He lets his stepson be abused and molested. He is now Bad Dad. Mm -hmm. Original Dad is better than Bad Dad. Even if Original Dad died, like, moments after takeoff. He is a bad pilot. Um... Bad Dad shows up to see Tommy Mommy and her champagne and chocolate guilt seizure that is this... He, he has this look on his face like, this is what, number 37? And he just walks around her yeah. like, same shit every Thursday. Like <laughs> What I love, too, is that when he walks in, the room is pristine, except for the champagne bottle and the TV. Oh. And she's just rolling around. Yes. Kay, Kay made an interesting point. The champagne... <laughs> chocolate baked bean volcano coming out of the tv wasn't really happening it was just because she was drunk and what had a break with reality had a break with reality so when the husband comes in she's just rolling around on the floor looking high i guess mm -hmm. i don't know I, I don't i don't i don't have i'm doing my best i'm doing my best here <laughs> I'm doing my best here, folks. I hope that you're you're out there listening going, you can do it, Warren. You can do it. You've I know you can. This. I'm like Goku holding my hands up like, I need a little bit of your energy, world. I need some of this energy. People listening, please put your hands up wherever you are. If you're at work, in the car, in public, just put your hands up. Give me some of your energy. I need it. Ah, thank you. Hashtag Tommy challenge. Thank you, audience. Tommy Goku. Tommy Spirit Bomb. Tommy Spirit Bomb. Hashtag Tommy Spirit Bomb. So, um, yeah, uh, good news. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is treating Tommy now with his <laughs> ocular electrical shock impulse therapy, or EOSIT, as <laughs> I've dubbed it. It's a uh, cutting edge medical treatment. Uh, Tommy's mommy is so grateful to Jack that she makes the I want to F you face. Like, <laughs> She is making such heavy bedroom eyes with him right in front of Bad Daddy, who just puffs his cigar and looks like a Victorian-era villain. He's got a monocle and a top hat, puffing a cigar. Like... <clears throat> Sorry, the spirit bomb energy wore off too quickly. This is this is a level of... Uh... Come on, guys. Hashtag Tommy Spirit Bomb. Tommy this, Spirit Bomb. This is a... I need to... Need to go Super Saiyan on this or something. I don't know. So after they leave Jack Nicholson doctor's office, Tommy is Tommy and Mommy is in the backseat of the car with Tommy, who's just kind of they're in the convertible and his hair's blowing in the wind. He's just kind of enjoying it, and she's doing what I can only describe as a cat fondle. She's rubbing up against him, going, Tommy, can you feel me? Tommy, can you hear me? Just rubbing on him. <laughs> 
everything. Little little <clears throat> little creepy. Just just saying. Um, after that, she realizes that Tommy can see himself in mirrors, but only in mirrors. Which mm-hmm. is why I kept Kay kept saying mirrors are going to be important, and I'm like. I can't keep up. Mirrors mirrors are the least of my concerns right now. <laughs> I have child molestation and bullying and acid trips and and pinball. <laughs> pinball mirrors mirrors can take a back seat. Now mirrors become relevant in this because Tommy can see himself and Tommy's mommy starts to freak out. She starts putting herself in front of Tommy's mirrors to be like, "Can you see me? Can you not see me?" Uh, she kind of freaks out and she pushes Tommy through a mirror and into a pool, which sounds like bad construction on a house to me. <laughs> I don't know safety regulations. It just seems not very stable. Uh, but Tommy falls into the pool and is born again, I guess. Tommy comes out of the pool and is snapped out of his comatose state. He is now free. And he pulls a full-on Forrest Gump and he runs and runs and runs and runs and runs into the fifth dimension and travels across space and time via green screen. Tommy is running on the ocean. Tommy is running everywhere. He's just running. On lava. On lava. That's what I said. He, he, he transcends Forrest Gump. He starts running so fast that he finds himself in the fifth dimension where he's just in any space and time that he wants to be via the power of his... Pinball prowess, I guess. I don't know. You know, this actually has some stuff in common with Forrest Gump. Because Forrest Gump was really good at uh, table tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But he has a happier story. Um, <sighs> Come on, Warren. Tommy finds himself passed out on a coastline. Oh, sorry. Tommy's mommy finds Tommy passed out on a coastline. She wakes him up. And he gets all of his memories back. And he goes through this painful, like, flashback montage of everything flooding back to him. And he's perfectly fine. No developmental issues whatsoever. Tommy then proceeds to rob his mother and casts all of her ill-gotten gains into the sea. He, She's wearing a lot of jewelry and fancy clothing because they've been exploiting their pinball wizard son. And Tommy just pulls off all of her jewelry, hucks it one by one into the sea, then proceeds to to uh, 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 baptize his mother. Yeah, baptize his mother in the sea. Uh, She forces her to kneel before his divinity. He baptizes her in his name. He is the god of this new world, and all will kneel to his pinball prowess. For he shall play upon machines forged from the bones of his enemies. Jesus. (laughs) On a lighter note... Tommy is cool enough of a god that little girls are excited to go to his church. But if you try to touch your idol, his bad daddy will kick you in the face and you'll miss the rest of the zombie wedding with a Frankenstein monster's cowboy wearing hat, cowboy hat wearing, (laughs) glitter suit, guitar wielding, stomping, girl flaming, flailing, not flaming, girl flailing performance. I'm going to read that back to you. Because it is 100% accurate. Well, she's the one who gets married to the I, zombie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this girl who goes to the church to see Tommy rushes the stage, gets through Tommy's bodyguards, which, yes, bodyguards, squeezes through, tries to get on the stage, gets kicked in the face by Tommy's bad daddy. She gets this huge gash on her face, falls down, gets carried out by the police, and then comes back to get married 
at the church of Tommy as a little girl. And she is in like a zombie bride getup, like her stitches, you know, she's wearing zombie makeup and she's marrying a Frankenstein kid, Frankenstein's monster, in a glitter suit, who then <laughs> proceeds to don a cowboy hat and plays guitar while stomping on stage with all of these girls flailing their arms. <laughs> you... I can't believe I read that twice. Like, I read it twice, <laughs> and I saw it, and I still don't believe what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like I don't ever need to do LSD, because this show has done it for me. I don't know if there's anything I could see on an LSD trip that could top what is being presented. Okay. 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 Okay, enough... Of cowboy hat wearing Frankenstein's playing guitars while wearing glitter suits and stomping on stages. Uh, you know how I that made this joke before, but remember when I said a picture was worth a thousand words? This is 30 frames per second, 3,000 words a second. I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't, people. Not even with Goku spirit bomb energy. I just can't. This is, this is too much for one mortal man to handle. <sighs> However, it is during... The zombie wedding scene. <laughs> I had to ask Kay during one of the many times I asked Kay to stop so I could catch up on my notes. Uh, this time she paused and walked out of the room to use the bathroom. The scene she paused on was the little zombie girl bride who got kicked in the face. She was staring at me with these half lids, this judgmental face, this this look on her face like, oh, just. She was staring into my soul, man. She's looking at me like, good luck trying to write notes for this asshole. Like, that's what her face said to me. And I'm very glad that you came back. I was scared. <sighs> okay. Next scene, we have um, some guys who are loading beer onto a truck. And then it cuts to some some garbage men. Oh, I ruined my own joke. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> that actually fits really well after some garbage men unload my bad jokes a paper with Tommy speaks <laughs> oh. sorry Kay is in a laughter seizure right now um, I need to make sure she doesn't choke on her own tongue I'm not going to make that joke. That's too easy. That's beneath me. Oh, God, I'm not going to make that joke either. I'm not going to make the next five jokes that come to mind immediately. Okay, moving on. So, the uh, the bad joke garbage men throwing out my material. And a paper of Tommy that says, Tommy Speaks, lands into the garbage. And some gang member who hangs out with garbage men happens to grab that paper and pulls it out of the uh, dumpster before the trash compactor can <clears> kick <throat> in. And he sees this paper, and he is suddenly inspired to go out and start shooting a rival gang. But don't worry, Tommy flies down on a hang glider, and the fighting gang members are now best friends and begin worshipping Tommy. Yep. <laughs> all, con all conflicts end with Tommy. 
in his name be praised or destroyed. The wow. Okay. And while Tommy, oh, this, okay. <laughs> while Tommy is flying around on his uh, hang glider, stopping gang violence, we are treated to what I can only describe as the English greased up comb down casino game. <laughs> so Greece, if you will recall, I should sorry, Vaseline, the musical we reviewed previously, uh, there was a guy from a gang called the Scorpions who had what I referred to as a comb down. Uh, this is a greased up comb down. So what I want you to picture <laughs> is someone who has way too much product in their hair that has pulled all of their hair forward <laughs> farther than it should extend to where they have like widow peaks on the side of their heads <laughs> and then they curl it back. It is not a good look. <laughs> I'm glad that people don't do it anymore, and I spent way too much time on these greasy fools. Um, but anyway, they were so excited to see Tommy fly down on his hang glider that they proceed to celebrate by ground humping. <laughs> may, some people might consider it dancing. I myself, who does not have any dancing ability, does not consider it dancing, but it looked like they were having their way with the sidewalk. <laughs> that's, that's all that it looked like. You know, but for all we know, this is a proud tradition among Tommyites. <laughs> the Tommyite church, which has now sprung up uh, very quickly, consumes an entire town. <laughs> Tommy's siren song pulls in all the people into his compound. And one of the, <laughs> to be one of the quote unquote comfortable people, <laughs> they're having a lot of fun. I hope this is uh, not a last supper for Tommy and his Tommyites. Mass baptisms are very effective. Mm -hmm. So in the compound of Tommy, we are treated to a scene of everybody eating and drinking and having a jovial time. And Tommy is literally last suppering mm -hmm. with, with his with his bros on a, a table. It's <clears throat> very obvious shot. Uh, and then he baptizes a bunch of people in a pool because is chlorine magic? I know it kills germs. <laughs> I don't know about cleansing souls or... Uh -uh rejuvenating um, people who have gone into a coma due to shock. That wasn't in any of my theology classes, so I would say no. Okay, that's 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 fair. It didn't ring true, really, when I saw it. Yeah. But I thought I would just ask, I would ask since you are the, uh, the Bible buff out of the two of us. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> so, there are too many Tommyites. The Tommyite movement has, has expanded beyond what they can keep in this compound. And Tommy tells uh, Bad Daddy that they need to expand. They need to to increase the size of their structure and how many people that they can bring in because the only way to intrude, to uh, to achieve... Sorry. I jumped out of my note. So Tommy needs to expand. And they do. Like, they start opening up you see this map and it looks like the kind of thing you would see in a supervillain movie mm -hmm. and it's a picture of the world and they've just got these little Tommy church pins everywhere yeah. and they're acting like uh, uh, supervillains who are trying to take over. And keep in mind, Tommy is pure and has done nothing wrong. It is douchebag daddy and, and mommy exploiting Tommy Yeah, and they see this Tommy religion as another way to make money, I guess. Uh, especially bad daddy. He seems to really be enjoying it a little too much. Yeah. He's, he's very bad. He but, is very bad. But he's, I mean, he's all behind it. But at, uh, they go to, uh, at the new Tommyite compound, since they need to expand, they create these portable deprivation masks. So they plug your eyes, ears, and, and mouth 
mm-hmm. so that you can't he hear see or or speak mm-hmm. and uh, they want to get you more in touch with tommy and achieve true inner helen kellerness and then true enlightenment will be yours because the path to enlightenment is paved with helen keller um <laughs> One of the actually, it's the it's the uh, gang member who picked up the trash paper and was inspired mm-hmm. to go shoot people. He is the first one to be like, you know what, this is bullshit, and he yeah. takes off his deprivation mask and smashes his machine and gets really really angry. He hates he hates how corporate Tommy has become. Man, he misses original Tommy <laughs> when Tommy wasn't wasn't pressured by the man, wasn't trying to be mainstream. Tommy was just being true to Tommy. <laughs> That's what he misses. And so he starts a uh, riot, and yeah, he misses how how corporate Tommy's becoming. Uh, So Tommy tells a bunch of his followers to, quote, put a cork in it, (laughs) and I don't know how I like Tommy. Tommy looks at the screen when he says, you know where to put the cork, and it's really creepy, and I don't like it. (laughs) You don't want Roger Daltrey telling you? Where, you know where to put the cork? I don't want Roger Daltrey telling me where to put the cork. You sure? No, it's, it's creepy. It's just, I don't like it. The look in his eye made me feel unsafe, Kate. I need an adult. But you were talking about how good Tommy looked. How good Roger looked. You were a Roger guy. Moving on. Uh, More so than me. <laughs> the Tommyites proceed to play pinball. <laughs> play, to uh, pinball their hearts out en masse at Tommy Camp. They don't like it, and they decide to rebel against their god by smashing his expensive pinball arcades. <laughs> the horde of rabid unfollowers assault and kill Bad Daddy and Tommy Mommy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what it is, right? That is amazing! They, they followed him, and then they unfollowed him. Oh my god! At first they gave him a thumbs up, then they gave him a thumbs down. You know what? For those of you on the internet who get upset about people unfollowing you, just remember... It's nowhere near as bad as when people unfollowed Tommy. Yeah, at least everybody who unfollows you isn't showing up at your house to kick your ass and kill your parents. Yeah. So there's, there's that there's that silver lining. There's mm-hmm. that silver lining in this. But yes, um, after the uh, the rabid fan of unfo- the uh, the rabid horde of unfollowers assault and kill Bad Daddy and Tommy Mommy, Tommy gets kicked in the head and tumbles down the pinball. Sculptures is the it's only like a pinball junkyard. It's it's he's on a mountain of pinballs when he gets assaulted yeah. by the the unfollower mob. Um and they're not like regular pinballs, they're like wrecking ball sized pinballs. Yeah. But they're arrayed in like this almost pyramid pile. And so Tommy's mm-hmm. on top of that when he gets kicked in the head and falls in and I thought maybe he was gonna knock himself into uh Helen Keller again. Mm-hmm. Um with a blow to a head, but he kind of shakes it off and, you know, comes to stumble across his mother's dead body, uh, which is always a good thing for someone who's been in a living coma for like 15 years. Uh, I'm surprised, I'm surprised that like this latter half, he didn't just relapse into his, yeah, his whatever. I don't know what to call that. It's not a coma in his catatonia. Maybe that's see, there's K with words that fit my need. Thank you. K. He didn't go catatonic after fa- after discovering his mom. Uh, and then somehow, <laughs> what I love, okay, so he, he stumbles across his mother. She's dead on this pinball cabinet. And he picks her up, and he, like, is sobbing, and he's holding her, and he kind of falls to the ground, and he has her down. He And then he kind of turns around and just, like, checks his stepdad, like, oh, 
are you alive? Okay, whatever. Like, he's definitely focused on Mom, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, I don't give a shit about you, man. And he uh, forced Gumps again and proceeds to just start running. Mm-hmm. He starts running, and he runs so fast that he catches all the other arcade machines on fire. God. And Tommy is now running through flaming uh, pinball cabinets. And he finds himself in hell. This entire compound gets burned to a ground, and Tommy throws himself into the water in an attempt to drown himself. But Tommy forgot that he knows how to swim. God. And uh, he swims to safety. And he finds himself in the real spot that his parents made him. Like a salmon, Tommy's natural instincts led him to his original spawning ground. It's part of the wizard sense. <laughs> so, oh, damn. if you hadn't reminded me that that pool that he finds himself in is the same one that his mom and dad like were at at the beginning and mm-hmm. nagging on each other, I wouldn't have been able to do a salmon joke. So thank you. Thank you You're for that. Welcome. Because I liked my salmon joke. It made me laugh when I was writing it. Tommy proceeds to show his dominion over God's earth and places himself at the height of a mountain to declare his will upon the land. Oh, it's another place his parents were together alone. <laughs> but like the, the the divine pinball god salmon he is, Tommy stands at the same spot as his father in the opening and just on top of the rock as the sun comes doing up. Doing the spirit bomb. Doing the, that's, you know, that's kind of what it looks like. Tommy's doing the spirit bomb, hands right out. He was like trying to absorb the power of the sun so that he could... Go back in time and not go down the hall to watch his stepdad kill his father. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So the movie ends in a way the same way it began mm-hmm. with a sunrise, yeah, on a mountain. For a two-hour movie, they got a lot in there. Uh it was not a slow show at all. Uh I would not have asked Kay to pause at all, uh, not even to pee, if I didn't have to pause to try and terribly type my notes, <laughs> which, <clears throat> wow, this is the most I have written for a show, and it did not do the show justice. Like I said, if you haven't seen the show, as soon as this is over, you need to go find Tommy. Find yeah. Tommy, watch it. We listen, got it on Amazon. Yeah, listen to that. Like, if you have Amazon Prime, and you can just stream it, right? Yeah, on there. Yeah. So if you got that, there's a free plug for Amazon. Go, 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 watch it, uh, and then come back and listen to this show again. <laughs> and then I would love for you to tweet us at Tone Deaf at Twitter, Tone Deaf Musicals at mm. Twitter, and let me know if uh, if this was my LSD experience and if yours was anything similar, because I've heard that no two LSDs. Uh, experiences can be the same. Use that uh, hashtag Tommy Spirit Bomb. Hashtag Tommy Spirit Bomb. Tell me, tell me what your thought was on this show because, dear God, it was one hell of a ride. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it though. I thought it was really good, even if it lies about its PG status mm-hmm. and um, is bizarre and wacky. I mean. Mm-hmm. Good music, good story. I kind of wonder what's going to happen to Tommy after this. So, do you want to know where the rock opera kind of takes that last bit? Because it's different. Yes, please. So, please, please give me anything that will help rationalize the the jumbled mess that's in my brain. So, what happens is, I mean, through this whole thing. 
it's Tommy's father, not his stepfather that's with him. And he's a little bit better of a dad, but all this stuff still happens to Tommy because you can't watch your kid 24-7. And no, mom so, and dad got to get out of the house and go clubbing or go see a, an opera or see something. They got to leave him with uh, abusive cousin well, Kevin and, yeah, they, and molesty uncle. But like they, they do, they do seem to be more like we will literally do anything for this kid. Tommy's life still sucks. We'll do anything for this children, except not leave him with pedophiles. Okay, anything but that. I'm just saying, like, they're they're trying to cure him, basically. The whole time they're trying to cure him so that they can have their son back. And I'm, I'm not a fan of rape therapy. I don't think rape no, no, works. no, 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 no. That's that's not where I'm going with this. Don't put words in my mouth. It's my birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm ruining your birthday show. But you knew. You knew what you were subjecting me to. I am just so, one man. Sorry. So uh, what I was what I was saying was uh, when the holiday camp thing where Tommy, because that's what this is called, is Tommy's holiday camp. When everyone turns on him, they don't kill his parents. They just are like, screw you, and they leave. They angrily leave, but they still just leave. They storm out without burning the place to the ground. Yeah, and Tommy goes back inward with that. Oh. See me, feel me, touch me, heal me, and then going into listening to you because he's realizing he needs to go inward again, not necessarily like a go blind, deaf, and dumb again, but go inward for himself and not rely on everyone else around him. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 different. It's different from the movie because the movie had to Ken Russell it. <laughs> I will say I was going to ask you if the show, the the, the live show mm -hmm. was any less weird than the movie and I think I answered my own question because through the magic of film you can create an LSD experience to share with everybody. Uh, right in their face. Yes. Um, I've been to a Who concert with you before, and mm -hmm. granted, there's a lot of light shows and stuff going on with the music. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a better experience and less LSD-y mm -hmm. than some of the stuff Tommy went through in this. Yes. Yeah. So, this show... I don't know. I think I used all of my words or I'm, mm -hmm. I'm approaching using all of I'm your approaching words. using all of my words. My brain, you know, the little guy inside your brain, he's hovering over the emergency shutdown button. Yeah. So fun fact, there is another, well, maybe not fun, sort of fun fact. There is another movie musical that we might do by the same director called Litstomania. Starring Roger Daltrey as Franz Liszt. I have heard you talk about this a bit, but... So, yeah. so where Tommy is weird, Litstomania goes, hold my beer, mate. <laughs> Let's crank it up to 11, as Spinal Tap would say. Yeah, and it's... it's I, I am not 100% sure if it's not rated R, it should be. It absolutely should be, because... If you thought that that Tommy was 
you know, definitely not deserving of PG-13. Listomania. List that one. That one takes a swan dive. <laughs> Sorry, I stand by my original comment. Uh, child molestation. Oh, no. It still doesn't that, that m- need to that, be PG. No, it's that, just that. That's automatic R. That's automatic this, R, in my opinion. This makes Tommy look PG. Oh. I'm really scared, then. Like... Is it is it as a rapid fire of an LSD trip? Jesus. That's a yes. Oh, my God. Like, it's enough to kill an elephant, and it's one of those movies that I have only seen it once, but there is a scene that I will never forget. <laughs> It's seared into your brain. It is seared into my brain. I didn't want to see it, but I saw it. And I still, those of you who know this movie, (laughs) that one will probably have to be a bonus episode. You may have to pay to listen to the Listomania one because that episode is going to break our trying to be 14 and up. I'm just going to so warn that you. That one's going to get the explicit tag. That one's going to get the explicit tag, there which will, is why it will be a patron there, only. There will be F-bombs abound. A lot of them. Because um, <laughs> you will need that release. Who? Ken Russell just... I mean... Yeah, a brilliant director, but wow. And then you take this... You take Pete Townsend's stuff and merge that... This is not a movie that I feel like I could watch with any frequency, but it is absolutely a movie that I think, I I will not say everybody should watch because I think this might be too much for some people, but I think most people should watch this. Yeah. Uh, If you are not easily daunted by the bizarre or... Horrific. Horrific. uh, Because like there... like we've said many times, there are two scenes in this that are child abuse and very triggering. One is, in my opinion, worse than the other, but they're they're mm-hmm. they're side by side. They're right there. It's it's a double barreled shotgun of holy shit because it's bam one barrel. Oh god, what's the next thing? Bam other barrel, mm-hmm. and then you're like, just let me die. And then Tommy goes into a sense, goes a uh, into the mirror and becomes a pinball wizard. Yeah. Um, oh my god, those words that I just. <laughs> That's the thing, man. I feel like in trying to explain the show like that, I can see why you have never really tried to ever explain the show to me at all. You're like, no, yeah. we'll just watch it. Like, yeah. You're like, I can't really explain it. We'll just watch it. Because you can't explain Tommy. You, you can't explain Tommy. You, Not without sounding like you deserve to have some electric shock therapy to, to snap you out of whatever you're in. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. This one's crazy. This one's, this one's crazy. Nuts. This one's crazy, y'all. This one's crazy. Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm hitting my quota for. I think you're hitting that. your quota for braining. That yeah. is fine. It's, yeah, this one is bonkers, but in kind of a fun way because like the music is good, so it carries you through. There are your parts that are just horrific and bad, but then you have your parts where it's like. But this is kind of interesting visually. It's there's a lot of cool visual things that keep your attention in it. And it is a journey and an experience. Yes, and it is good. So 
all criticism aside, it is good. Just let, let's etch that into the commandment. Mm-hmm. This show is good, so saith the Warren. Yes. Um, but weird. It is very weird. There weird. are other rock opera, like there are other full rock opera, Quadrophenia. Nowhere near as weird as this. <laughs> and that one's my favorite out of their two rock operas that are full length, because... There, there are a couple of things that I really do want to try to find. One of them is Iron Man the Musical. That's Pete Townsend wrote it, and it's Iron Giant. If anyone out there can find that, please, I beg of you, send it my way. Because even, even if we didn't do it as an episode, I just want to see it. Because I love the music for it so we'll, much. We'll do it in an episode uh, commemorating the person who sends it to us. Yes. Yes. Because it is, it is one of my favorite albums of all time from this, from the Who and Pete and yeah. But Tommy isn't my favorite, as I've said. But it's still, it's a good, it's, it's good. a good rock opera. It's, it's definitely good. Um, it's just it is intense. Mm-hmm. It is so fast paced. It's just it's good. Like that's I wouldn't mind watching it again. Now the second time I won't be taking notes, so I'll be able to just yeah. fully watch, watch it. it um but wow yeah i'm i'm still still kind of really in processing because mm-hmm. there's a lot of imagery and uh stuff to think about yeah they, they really do the this will make you think part of art mm, this fair. this brings rock into art rather than like oh this is just pop music no this is art and pop music in its own is art too because music is art so really, music is something that we intrinsically should do as humans. I should stop ramb- rambling. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for indulging me on this, because this was this, this was a fun birthday. This is going so. to air the week of your birthday. It, it airs on my on birthday. On birthday, yes. Yeah. It's okay. You know what I got you for your birthday? Ten years off of my life. Oh. I mean, I've seen this, like, three times, so... So you'll be I'm dead. I'm still going to be dead before. You'll, you'll be dead by the time this airs. This might be our last episode. This might be our last episode. So, you know, it was a good run. Like, was... a, like a dark, please don't die. <laughs> I won't. You can't die either. <laughs> oh, oh okay. man. Okay. You know, we should probably end it because. Yes, this is. I feel like, um, I feel <sighs> like my Goku energy Tommy spirit bomb is, uh, is draining. Yeah. And it is late and we need to still eat. So. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Our next episode is not this. It's actually a little bit more mainstream of a show. And uh, I kind of, if I can get it, I want to do a back-to-back with it. Hmm. Yes. Next week, we are going to watch the 2005 film of Rent. Now I know that you can't buy love, but you can rent it (laughs) with kisses, right? Yes, yes. You've heard me sing that one in the car a few times because I really like that song. Yes, so this is is one that I'm I'm semi-familiar with. Yeah. I I mostly only know it as AIDS the Musical. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's an an unfortunate thing to... uh, but I hear, I hear that's good. It's, it's very good. I hear that's good. Yeah. But I, yeah. Kay will be uh, having tissues the whole time. So, 
Yeah, next week, Rent. I hate Rent. It's, it's the musical. Mortgage. <laughs> Rents. I don't know. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, like like we said earlier, let's let's get the Tommy Spirit Bomb hashtag. Oh, please do it. Let's, Tommy. let's try and get that going. I, just even one. Even one will make my day. Just, yeah. yeah. Just come on. You, you, that person right there that's like, oh, Warren, you're sometimes funny and give me a chuckle. Just tweet. Tommy Spirit Bomb at yes. Tone Deaf Musicals on Twitter. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Tone Deaf Musical. Um, if you are, have a Discord, you can join us on the Podcast Junkie Discord server. We've got our own room on there, and we've already had a couple of people join in. And just in general, I would join that community just to get all of these great podcasts because it's a group of uh independent podcasters and it's just it's an awesome community there's also a lot of fans a lot of listeners of different shows there um it's i i recommend it 10 out of 10 yeah kate was showing me some stuff with it and we've listened to some of the the podcasts of the people on there and it's it's a it's really cool community and and uh, there's a lot of really supportive and fun cool people so i think that anybody who that listen to that thing. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. It is a good idea. You yeah. should join it. Join us. Join us. Join us. Leave your field to flower. Join us. Leave your cheese to sour. Join us on the podcast junkie Discord. Do 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 do. do. If you would like, you can also email us at uh, tonedefmusical at gmail.com. And yeah, do you you have anything you want to say or? Oh, I feel like I have said enough. Okay. Oh man, I yeah. So this was good, and you should go watch it. And, go watch Tommy. And if you if you have already, I'm sorry. And also, was your LSD experience the same, or was it different? <laughs> Thank you guys so much. That'll be this for that'll be it for this week. <laughs> I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Tone Deaf. Deaf.